This is your captain speaking. Welcome to another episode of DJ's Aviation Podcast. All systems are go, so lean back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show. This is DJ's Aviation Podcast. Everything aviation. Everything aviation. Aviation news, airline developments, analyzing route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news, and we talk about world events and life. DJ's Aviation has a Discord server that's officially partnered with Discord, and you can join with a link in the show notes or using the vanity URL discord.gg slash aviation. This is the DJ's Aviation Podcast, and now your host, Dan. Well, bonjour, or good afternoon, wherever you may be listening to this episode of the DJ's Aviation Podcast. I'm coming to you from my newly relocated location, if you will, of Canada, the Quebec province to be precise, Uh, and I've got a lot of exciting podcasts to come that I have been in the planning, well, they have been in the planning, pardon me, including some of my most recent flights. That's right, I took five flights, if you've been browsing my social media, through to Canada, that included three of them being in business class. Now, if you know anything about me, you'll know that uh, I'm not someone that usually flies uh, in upper classes. I'm usually just uh, in economy and I'm more than happy being there and I think it's just the best value for money. However, I did bid to upgrade. The option was there and I've tried to do that before. I've never been successful, might I add, but I always will try and just think, oh, well, I'll, I'll bid the lowest amount and see what happens. Never been successful, but for these flights, I was for three of them and those were the three I bid for. That included on board at a triple seven. A319 and Airbus A330. Today's episode is covering my experience on board Qantas in their business class on the Airbus A330-200 on a short one hour and a bit flight from Melbourne through to Sydney, of course one of the busiest routes in the world. As I will always say, if you are new to this podcast, it is available on any streaming platform of your choice. That means you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Amazon, and pretty much any other major platform, although I do think I've probably listed the major platforms platforms there for you. I've got my notes down. I did do quite a lot of note taking uh, during the journey because I wanted to make sure that I could include everything and you will be seeing or hearing these episodes, pardon me, over the next couple of weeks. So definitely stay tuned. Keep an eye on the social media feeds and of course this podcast feed by dropping it a follow. But let's get right underway with the first flight. That being Melbourne to Sydney. Of course, my home being in Melbourne meant I did have to start the journey in Melbourne. However, due to the COVID pandemic, you could definitely argue that Melbourne Airport's recovery has been a little bit slower in terms of international routes resuming. We're definitely getting there. Uh, We're seeing some airlines return, like United Airlines, who will be coming back to the airport, I believe, in the coming months. However, in saying that, there's still a a fair bit lacking, and it's slowly but surely definitely returning, but by no stretch of the imagination is it completely back. So, that means that most people that are wanting to travel internationally do have to head up to Sydney, and it's something I've talked about a couple times, and don't get me wrong, there's going to be a couple more podcasts actually covering uh, previous flights with American Airlines back in January, that I definitely want to... Actually, was it January? No, I think it was uh, March, pardon me. So there's a lot of flight stuff that I still need to cover, but one of the biggest takeaways was just how many people 
were transiting through Sydney onto other Australian destinations or originated in other Australian destinations and did have to head to Sydney Airport for their own international flights because it was just the, the real only alternative for them. So as I mentioned, I had to take the quick domestic flight for not the first time. If you check my flight radar, you'll be able to see all my flights and just how many I have to take from Melbourne to Sydney to not actually visit Sydney, but to fly through the airport. So arriving at the airport pretty early, I was on board what was meant to be the first flight out of Melbourne Airport. Uh, pardon me, that being the 0600 service with Qantas on board the A330-200. I was flying in business class. Now I said supposed to be the first class, uh, the first service, pardon me, because as you'll hear, it wasn't quite the first service out in the end. Uh, and that's that's going to pretty much set the trend for the entire trip. Uh, to Canada. It was very, very stressful. It was very, very hectic and connections were pretty tight, as you would imagine, across five flights. Uh, Having everything go according to plan is probably not always going to be something you can expect, but let's just say there was a lot of running around airports and not so much enjoying the airport that I was visiting. So that being said, arriving at the airport pretty early around about four o'clock, I'm someone that does like being early for my flights. I like not rushing, having a bit of relaxation time, and I did document uh, four of the five flights in flight review form, so that means recording clips of the airport, the experience, the onboard product, the seats, the food, everything. Those four flight reviews are in the process of being edited, sort of. I mean, just compiling the clips, but they will be releasing on the YouTube channel. So this podcast will go out before the um, flight review does, but you'll you'll be able to go and watch the channel eventually. I will make that known when it goes live. You'll be able to watch the channel eventually to watch the video flight review. So yes, the check-in process and bag drop, it's always the steps are the same. Then once you go to the automated uh, check-in point, and I'm just like, I don't want to do that. There's no one. There was no one. I think I got there at like four o'clock. So there was no one there. And I think there were about four people behind the check-in desks. And they were like, go to the automated thing. I'm like, I'd rather just someone do it. They weren't happy with that. Well, I lie. The person that was directing us was not happy with that, but I was just like, I'm not, I'm not putting my own bag, uh, bag tag on it. That always ends badly. The machine never works. It prints the wrong thing, and I'm just like, no, I'm gonna go and do it at the, the check-in desk, and I did. Uh, thankfully, like I said, she wasn't very happy with that and gave me quite the dirty look. I understand probably why she did that, but at the end of the day, there was no one there, so I'm like, I'm not, I'm not gonna be slowing anything down. So that just goes on to my next point. I really, really don't like automated bag drops. I'm just not a fan of them. I don't like the fact you got to print your own uh, pass because every time I've done that, there's been some sort of issue with the machine or it doesn't read my passport correctly. I feel like it's a very, it, it makes sense, but it's a very flawed machine. And on top of that, a lot of people just don't understand how to do it. So you pair the element of not understanding how to do it with a machine that doesn't really work all the time in a lot of the airports I have visited and it's generally a recipe for disaster. Uh, half of Melbourne Airport's Terminal 1 is just sort of under construction. Now, this was, this wasn't, I've been through Terminal 1 a couple of times recently. Uh, most recently, when I flew to Montreal, which was in February, I passed through Terminal 1 because, once again, I was on a Qantas domestic flying to Sydney. And at the time, there was only one restaurant open inside T1, which is the first terminal, being Qantas's main domestic terminal. Um... And yeah, there was only one restaurant and a couple of news agencies now visiting the second time. The restaurants that were not open have been completely boarded up. And that's something I did end up recording. So you will see it in video form. And uh, all the news, well, a lot of the news agencies, to my knowledge, have also shut down. Uh, They're now like little stalls just randomly placed. Um, 
And that's, again, because Terminal 1 is apparently undergoing a bit of a uh, renovation, and that follows the renovation of T2, which is the international terminal at Melbourne Airport, getting quite the facelift as well. Uh, so, yes, half of it's under construction. It does mean that there's no real options for food. So if anyone is traveling through Melbourne Airport T1 in the future, uh, and I think this construction will be ongoing for quite some time, definitely do not expect uh, there to be food there. You will have to get it before you go through security. And if you choose not to do that, as in you choose not to get it before security, well, then you're probably going to struggle. You'll have to sort of settle either for a really expensive restaurant, which just serves like gourmet food. Um, and that's going to set you back like 30 bucks uh, Australian, that is. So something like 20 USD, not really worth it. If you ask me, you might as well go and find one of those small news agencies and just grab a bottle of water. Uh, but definitely the options are limited there as they undergo a major facelift. And, you know, it's always nice to see an airport undergo it. But typically, of course, if you're traveling through it and if you're going to use those services, you'll be a bit disappointed, I guess, that there's not a whole lot on offer. And naturally, because I was at the airport so early, nothing was open to begin with. Uh, because I was flying business class, I did have lounge access, although I did not use the lounge access. Not a huge fan of lounges, to be completely honest. I've only been to one in my entire life. But um, as someone who likes planes... Pardon me, I just had a bit of a coughing fit. Um, but as, as I was saying regarding lounge access, as someone who doesn't, who likes planes, I don't really like sitting in lounges. It's just, it's not really my thing. And in addition, I had my mum with me, so I, I didn't really want to sit in a lounge. Do you know what I mean? I just was happy to look at the planes that were parked and, and chat with her about all of that ongoing. So yes, didn't do the lounge access, but it's an option for people that want to. And of course, you had a lot of business travelers that were on the same route because Melbourne to Sydney is very, very popular. There are flights almost continuously flying to and from those two destinations and being what was earmarked as the first flight or scheduled as the first flight out of the day, you had a lot of executives and people headed there for work or headed home, but most likely headed there for work. The airport was very, very empty. Uh, even after the first flights of the day have left and were boarding, it was still very deserted. And look, it's getting better. It's definitely getting better, I would say that. But the difference between, say, a Sydney and um, a Melbourne in a domestic sense is quite staggering. Uh, albeit, I don't spend all my days at Melbourne Airport, but it's definitely clear to be able to see just how uh, the difference is. And that, that goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, discussing the international route network recovery within Australia and comparing and contrasting key cities in the country and their response to the pandemic and therefore the resumption of routes, if you will. Well, there's still a long way to go for Melbourne, but they're getting there. They reported some record pre-COVID numbers, to my knowledge, over the Easter and Grand Prix weekend. Uh, that's obviously a major positive in the Grand Prix brought in a lot of traffic, but you know, you want to keep sustaining that amount of growth, which is, is difficult uh, at the best of times. So moving on to the experience, something I did mention over on my Twitter that I don't care too much about, but it's definitely an observation I made is priority boarding really doesn't exist in a lot of locations I, I go to. Now, someone did mention that in Japan, it's very strictly enforced, which from watching videos and even just seeing um, Japan Airlines and how they are, uh, it's definitely, there's a lot of order and structure, which is something I like, but priority boarding just does not exist. I mean, you could be, uh, say, let's say you're first class and you may you may be like the 150th person on the plane because it seems just so messy. And, it's, and this was especially noted for this short uh, domestic flight. It was uh, everyone like races to the boarding location and they don't really check your zones. Maybe for international flights, the zones are checked more so. 
Um, like for Air Canada, I've definitely seen them enforce it a lot more. But as for Qantas, it's not just not something that happens. You can try and board first, but you'll probably fail. Now, I'm someone, obviously, with my peanut allergy, I, I usually get on the plane earlier just to wipe down seats again and tray tables, and I will just organize myself so I'm comfortable in that environment. Um, but obviously, an observation is just how everyone crowds and how a lot of people will say, well, you have your seat. Your seat isn't going anywhere. It's still, though, a massive race, and obviously then when you, you're meant to be boarding in zones, it just never goes according to plan. That being said, boarding was not smooth. It was very, very hectic. I, I was struggling to even get to my business seat because everyone in economy was boarding, and then everyone in business was boarding, and it was just so, like, chock-a-block, and I just thought to myself, like, oh, there's got to be a, do you know what I mean? There's got to be a uh, better way to do this, if you will. Um... So yeah, got into my seat. Now, this was not actually the first time I've flown on this business product. This is the second time I've flown on the newly updated Qantas business product, if you will. Uh, The first time I flew on it was in 2019 in February when I was upgraded by Qantas due to an inconvenience. Um, Apparently, it wasn't an inconvenience, but they deemed it inconvenience when they cancelled my flight. No, sorry. They didn't cancel my flight. They They booted me off my flight, put me on one 15 minutes later. They got to my end destinations earlier before the other one. I know it wasn't an inconvenience, but they put us all in business class. So that's the only other time I have actually experienced um, business class. And I did try out this exact same product on the A330. So it was it was good to be back. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and I liked it. I do think it's a nice product. Uh, people will people can be quite critical on cabin products, and I did make this very explicitly known in my, on my Twitter. Pardon me, and I'll probably make it known in the flight reviews. I'm not a, I'm not a seat reviewer. Do you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not a trip reporter. I don't review seats for a living. I look if you if you give me a seat, I'm I'm happy. So being in business class as an aviation enthusiast, well, it's elevated tenfold. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's so cool to me. So I never really have, I don't look at, I don't see all the negatives and maybe that's where my reviews probably aren't as rich as some other people's. But like I said, I won't claim to be a flight reviewer. I won't claim to be a trip reporter. That's not my, that's not what I do. And even what I do, I'm not very good at. So can you, you can imagine that my, my trip reviews and everything are not going to be that insightful about, oh, when I lent this way or this seat, like I'm not really going to start uh, criticizing the seat. And, and then you might say, oh, well, you want the airline. Like, I don't really care. I mean, if you've seen some of the stuff I've done with about Qantas. I really don't care. But when it comes to a seat product, I'm not someone that is overly uh, analytical on that. So I liked it personally. I didn't really have any gripes with it. It's a business class seat. You know, it's it's awesome as someone that flies economy. Just being in business class is sweet. Having a chair that reclines and having so much space and not someone brushing your shoulders. But see, for someone that flies business class all the time, they probably might not like that seat. So that's where it's a bit hit and miss. All I can say is, as someone that always flies economy on their like 30 plus hour journeys, it was so cool just for one hour to be in that seat. I enjoyed it. We were served breakfast, but first before that, we were delayed about an hour getting out of Melbourne. So that uh, goes back to what I was saying is how we were not the first flight out of the day. In fact, like the 6.45 Qantas flight left before us. We had some engineering difficulties with the 330 that basically left the aircraft grounded at the gate. Uh, I had a tight connection in Sydney. Well, I didn't actually have a tight connection in Sydney. It was meant to be a um, very like relaxed layover, but it didn't turn into a relaxed layover. In fact, it became a bit of a nightmare. Uh, and that's that, again, sets the trend for the entire trip. I will get more into the layover 
in the next podcast where I will cover Air Canada and their 777 experience through to Vancouver. So I'm not going to go into that too much. Let's move back to the A330. Um, I really enjoyed it. The experience was good. Uh, if you want me to be critical, and that's me having to really dig deep, I definitely enjoyed the Air Canada experience in business more than Qantas's. Um, and I, it, it really pains me. Like, it really annoys me to have to say this because I feel like it's going to come across in the wrong way. And I really don't want it to come across that way. But uh, as an example, they, they forgot multiple parts of my breakfast. And that sounds so bad. It sounds so... Like, it almost makes me cringe to say that. Um, but I feel like I have to mention it, if you know what I mean. So that was probably the only sort of downside is they, they forgot multiple like parts of my breakfast and I had to keep asking, uh, can I have my muffin? Can I have this? Um, that being said, I would have happily not had it, but I thought to myself, I mean, I paid the money. I want to eat everything, but that's again, coming down to me just wanting to make the most of it and maybe me being annoying. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's something you can determine, but I definitely don't want to come across in the wrong way when I say that. It's just... That's probably the only thing I can think of. Flying conditions were very calm. It was a nice day in the skies, but it was terrible weather in Sydney and also terrible weather in Melbourne. <laughs> Shock horror. I bring the bad weather with me whenever I, wherever I go. Uh, yeah, so like I said, we were served uh, food. I had a omelette. Omelette's got to be one of the most stock standard meals you can have um, on the plane, to be completely honest with you. It's just your go-to breakfast meal, whether in business, I feel like, or in economy or whatever class. When it's morning time, usually it's like a waffle or an omelette, something. It always usually have eggs and sausages, and I can't complain. I like that, and I will always stand up for airplane food. I really like airplane food and think it gets a severe amount of crap that's probably unnecessary. Um, Then again, everyone's got their own opinions, but I like airplane food. And uh, it was a nice, it was a nice meal. Honestly, though, it didn't, it didn't stand out any more than an economy meal. <laughs> People are going to say you're absolutely crazy for that, but it didn't. It, I, I wouldn't mind an economy meal. Like you could have served me an economy meal in business, just put it on those plates, and I would not have noticed a difference. Like it didn't taste any different to me. Um, probably because it's the same thing or something like that. But that's just my opinion. Um, it still was really, really good, though. I really enjoyed it. Now, this is where it gets a bit crazy, uh, and people, oh, there's something on Twitter, people have, um, someone I know posted a tweet saying, oh, crazy go-around, and everyone's been slaughtering him for saying it was crazy, because it's all routine, but I'm just going to say it was a crazy moment, in the sense of it's a crazy moment for me as an aviation enthusiast that loves planes, Has I've flown like a decent amount of times, but... I've never experienced a this on a plane, so it was crazy for me because I was like, oh my God, oh my God, it's happening. Not as in, oh my God, I'm so scared. This is so, like, scary. But I was on board a, like, missed approach go-around. Mainly, it was a go-around. But basically, a plane that was taking off from Sydney had a bird strike. And uh, thankfully, it was all, like, well, the bird wasn't okay. But the plane was in the sense of, like, um, to my knowledge, the plane was all good and, and all that. And they obviously sorted out the issue, but uh, that's all I really know about it. Anyway, they were doing the runway inspection and the cars had not cleared the runway in time. And we were pretty low, to be honest. Like, it was not a um, an early go-around or a missed approach, if you will. We, we were quite close to the water and we did a go-around. And you, uh, I've never heard sort of a more satisfying, but also like that shock in your system of, oh my God, it's happening. And I know there's probably other passengers on the plane that are like, this is terrifying. But I was like, oh, no way. I know what this, I know this thrust, they're going up and you can hear the engines like roar back to life. Um, And it's weird because I almost like 
a couple seconds before thought thought to myself, oh, imagine if we went around. And I'm being completely serious. I don't know if anyone else has experienced something very similar where they'll you almost have that feeling of, oh, something's going to happen. And then it does. It's weird. It's a weird, weird feeling. There's got to be some sort of name for that. There's got to be. But I've, I haven't got a clue what it is. I just felt like something was going to happen. And we went around. And uh, it's funny, but... I literally would have wanted to go around on any other flight but that one because I needed to get to... I already had an hour delay um, leaving Melbourne. So, at this point, it's around 8.10, 8.10 in the morning. My flight starts boarding to Vancouver in 15 minutes. And I've just we've just performed a go around, which means we're adding another 20 minutes onto our journey. And like I said, I was like for about a solid minute... I was there over the moon. I was like, yes, we're going around. This is such an incredible experience. And then I was, I thought to myself, the captain came on and he explained the situation. And then I was there and I was like, oh no, that actually means the 20 minutes is being added to the journey. I can't afford 20 minutes because it means when I'm getting off the plane, boarding has already started. And for international flights, that therefore means bag drop has closed which is not good because I need to check in a bag. I've already checked in, but I need to drop a bag, pardon me. So that was a major problem. And uh, I was definitely worried about what was going to happen from that. And that is going to be covered in the next episode. See, I'm giving you a reason to come back to listen to the next episode whenever that may go live. Uh, I'm recording this on Monday, the 16th of May at 1.08 p.m. EST. How weird does that sound? 1.08 p.m. and I'm recording a podcast. Usually it's like 4.30 in the morning. Um, Australian Eastern savings or daylight savings time so it it feels weird to sort of be up at 109 p.m and doing normal work like a normal human being um but yes i'm not too sure when the next episode will be going out because i'm not sure if i'm just going to dump this out today um and then the next one would go out like this coming weekend we'll have to see on that front but just expect the next podcast to be detailing the air canada experience basically from the touchdown in in sydney to landing in vancouver kind of thing that's going to be the next podcast you're going to see how we're all fared i got scammed that's a little uh, bit of a, a teaser for what's to come on a very very hectic journey to vancouver one of probably the most well not even the most hectic on this trip but definitely one that gave its bumps and ups and downs and races and, and all of that kind of thing so thank you very much for listening Uh, Like I said, if you want to say anything to me or you have any thoughts on the podcast, you can contact me on any social media platform. Best bet, though, is Twitter or contact me via email. Uh, On a more personal level, I'll be able to answer your level, uh, your email, not level, your email, and it's a lot more private. Definitely stay tuned for the next episode of the podcast. Uh, I do appreciate all the support, as always, and everyone that is tuning into these. It's it's greatly appreciated that you take the time to listen. I hope they give you a little bit of enjoyment. They're not quite like the videos. They're a bit more rambling, but I feel like I do have something to say in these podcasts, and it's nice that uh, the handful of you do come and listen. So, yes, thank you very much for tuning into this episode of the podcast. Like I said, the next one will be covering the next flight, so definitely come back for that, as I think it's going to be a very, very exciting. So, yes. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your week, and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to DJ's Aviation Podcast, one of the most unique podcasts on the internet, offering up your one-stop shop for all things aviation. We discuss aviation news, airline developments, analyze route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. 
Make sure to like, rate, and leave a review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Twitter and YouTube at DJ's Aviation. If you're interested in rail, check out our second channel at DJ's Transport. Till next time.